millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Pocket Buds, a back pocket podcast where I talk to my best buds about video games and stuff. This week, we're talking about eSports. Esports, short for electronic sports and long for E, is like sports, but instead of physical ability being put to the test, it's video game ability. The term itself wasn't a thing until 2000 technically, but multiplayer game competitions have been around since the 70s. A space war competition at Stanford University in 1972, that was the first esports competition. The Space Invaders Championship held by Atari in 1980, that was the earliest large-scale video game competition and it was esports too. Evo's first esports tournament in 1996, that's esports big time. A Mario Kart 64 tournament at your high school during lunchtime that you missed because you forgot about it? That's esports, kinda. I don't know. Who cares? But since its etymological birth in South Korea in the year 2000, esports has been steadily growing worldwide thanks to things like broadband internet networks, internet and LAN gaming cafes, squad-based shooters, TV networks taking it seriously, online streaming services, and the opportunity for the common schlub to potentially be a sports superstar. Esports, like any sport, is not without its controversies, though. Allegations of degenerate behaviours by players and even companies, people being left in financial ruin, and more seem to muddy the waters when it comes to the world of esports, with a general view of the whole thing being a bit of a sausage party slash frat house, too. But it can't all be bad, right? At the end of the day, it's video games. It's fun. I went to my first big esports tournament, IEM Sydney, a few weeks ago and had an awesome time and got a lot more into it than I thought. Turns out, watching esports is just like watching sports. That being said, I'm just some guy. I don't know diddly squat outside of everything I just said, and even that was research for the purpose of this introduction. Thankfully, I'm joined by somebody who does know diddly squat, host of Griefed on YouTube, Loz. Hi. Hi, it's me, Luz. That intro was awesome. Yeah. I, I feel like the under-researched one. I'm like, oh God, do I know things? Yeah, but what you've do I like, know? let's find out. You've lived it, you know, you, you I have. 
have worked in esports, correct me if I'm wrong, since like 2018, 2019? Oh, or like around that? It? Four or five years? Uh, probably more than that. I think I was about 17, 18 when I got into esports and I am now 26. So it's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. I mean, yeah, when, when I say it like that of like, oh, it's been this long, it's been better half of a decade. I'm kind of like, holy shit. <laughs> and like from what I was saying before of do I know that much I look at it from the outside and I'm like oh man there's all these minuscule details that I can't even remember like facts and figures but then I start talking about it and then I can't shut up so yeah you've got, you've got the right person yeah, yeah. totally and how did it kind of start did you start with enjoying mm. esports as a thing and then going into a career of it or the opposite I mean I just kind of fell into it which I think a lot of people in esports did because especially a decade ago like this wasn't an industry there were these events that you were mentioning but it wasn't a sustainable industry where people were actually working or going to school and being like I'm gonna be an esports player when I grow up but for me it was just I was cosplaying when I was younger I I was playing a lot of League of Legends. That was my game. Um, so I was going to like events, uh, like League of Legends events. I went to a supernova in the Gold Coast where oh, they yeah. did, yeah, right, <laughs> where they did a League of Legends like finals. Um, and that was one of my first times kind of like seeing live esports. And I just was like, whoa, one, it's like my favorite game. Two, it's the game I'm cosplaying as right now. And three, it's like, the best people in Australia playing in front of me. It was kind of mind blowing. And I definitely had this moment where I was like, this is really cool, but I didn't realize it was like something I could work in. So that was the interesting path where it was just kind of like getting to know people. I had dropped out of uni. I went to uni for IT because I was like, I like computers. And then I was like, not this aspect of it. <laughs> I hate them now, actually. Yeah, yeah. I'm not like... <laughs> Coding's fun. I used to code all my friends like MySpace pages, but awesome. not like for a job. I was like, mm -mm. so I was doing some sort of like self-taught graphic design at the time. I was still working at Macca's, very fun. Mm. And then the Chiefs Esports Club, which funnily enough, just got sold to a different company. They needed some graphic design. So I was like, hey, I can do that. And I did it for free, which in saying that, I never want to like tell people go work for free because I don't think, <laughs> I think people that. should get paid for what they do. But this was, you know, a different time. And I wasn't trying to get into the industry. I just was like, I'll make, I want to make graphics. I'll make graphics for you. So yeah, I started doing that. Eventually I did start getting paid. Eventually they needed someone to do socials and I just started doing them. And then it just like went from there. I got a job at Riot Games doing social media for them when I was 21, 21? Yeah, ish. Mm. Um, and then it just, it just exploded from there. And it's been really like, I've just learned on the job and it's just been like passion. And it's been interesting. It's <laughs> yeah. how I'd put it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like we've known each other, God, I I'd say 13 years now. Yeah, maybe. Well, yeah, I think I was thirteen. Years. Yeah, yeah I, so I was fourteen. 13 so, yeah. yeah, and and I've you know kind of watched your rise. <laughs> <laughs> my I, rise I, to power. My, your rise to <laughs> power. I, yeah, I, I've watched you. I, I wouldn't say from afar, <laughs> but yeah, I, I've kind of watched your journey mm. online, and and you know, I think I think we kind of like came back together after. Yes kind of accidentally falling into somewhat similar industries. It's like the same umbrella, but then we're like different prongs of the umbrella. So yeah. we're, we're hanging out in this similar space. Like we have so many mutuals on 
on Twitter and we run into each other at events, but it, we're not like specializing in the same yeah. thing, I guess. I mean, I remember, I mean, I don't exactly remember, but I remember when I started to like see your name again, uh, just like around in games. And I just was kind of like, wait, like my Tumblr friend Ruby? <laughs> yeah. Like, cause I, I think I still had you on other socials. So I, I, I knew you were around, but suddenly seeing you interacting with mutual friends of mine that I knew through the gaming industry, I was like, oh shit, Ruby. And the best part is that you are the same in the best way. You are ju- you are just as funny. You are so, <laughs> I don't know, like, I don't know. You, I, I sing your praises to everyone. And I, oh, I love you. <laughs> so many times, like, you would get mentioned and I'd be like, oh, I know Ruby. I know her from Tumblr. <laughs> like, we're all friends, like, bragging that I knew you because I just think you're so rad. <laughs> you know what's so funny? I literally <laughs> mm. do the exact same thing with you. Yeah. Anytime you are mentioned, it's like, oh, my God, I know Laws. I know Laws from, from Tumblr. Like, I think when I think Josh mentioned you at one point, I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. I know Loz. Loz is my Tumblr friend, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've known her longer than you have, so. <laughs> yeah, I've watched you grow as uh, someone in esports and a content creator and a social media manager and, you know, all these different little things uh, in the same realm. So, you know, I've seen quite a lot of your experiences, yeah. right? <laughs> Not everything, of course, but like I've seen it. And, and mm. I think from that, for me, I feel like you have a pretty good judgment of the culture mm. from being in it. So so basically my question is how do you think the culture within esports has kind of changed between when you started versus now, if at all? It's still a new industry, right? And there's so many teething and growing pains even still. Obviously, I came in when it was a newer industry, especially in Australia, but then also I was a young woman as well. So like there's the aspects of uh, esports being a frustrating industry for everyone in it, especially if you were young. I mean, I, I have so many stories of young boys who were actually the pro players getting taken advantage of and like not being paid their wages and being mm. shoved into houses with only three bedrooms, even though there were seven of them. Like there, there's so many things like that. Jesus. Yeah. But then obviously I've also got the like misogyny side of it, which is just like <laughs> cool. a combo. Yeah. Like nonstop fun action for me. Yeah. Which, which is also interesting because I think I'm quite like a strong, I have quite a strong personality. I'm quite strong willed. I, I stand up for myself a lot, which is surprising considering how much has been thrown at me. Mm. It's definitely changed. I mean, the early days, it was very like, okay, people were posting about esports. It was like the new hot thing, right? Like it was like the things that like the tech bros were jumping on top of. So there were people, especially in the Australian community, who just had a bit of money for whatever reason and thought like, oh, well, esports is like the new hot thing that's going to make me a lot of money. I'm going to start an org, an organization. Mm. But so many of them, like one, had no idea how to like run a company. Oh, yeah. Two, didn't actually know or really give that much of a shit about esports. And then three, would kind of just mismanage the hell out of the young boys and then eventual girls who worked at the companies for them. Um, I, you know, what I said a second ago about shitty housing conditions. I mean, org owners would sometimes just like not pay their players, even though they were contracted to. And the players, keep in mind, some of them would be 17, 17, mm. and they've never worked a job before. So this is their first job, but they're a contractor. Um, and they have to move halfway across the country to live in this gaming house with, you know, these boys that they don't know what they do. And there's seven of them, seven, 
you know, late teenager, young 20 year olds living in a house with no one to teach them. I mean, they're gamers, you know, and I hate to like do the stereotype, <laughs> but they are. And I can even say that yeah. as someone who is messy and can be lazy and um, yeah. love to sit on the computer all day, you know? So there's seven no, of them it. in a house, no one's looking after them and they're just expected to know how to exist as like adult humans, but then they're also working like... I can only speak for for League of Legends at this time because that's what I really knew. But these young boys were playing and scrimming. And so scrimming is like professional practicing um, with like other teams in the industry uh, six days a week, all day, all day, six days a week. And then even on their day off, like you would get flamed if you weren't sitting in solo queue. I feel like that can't be good for your brain. Uh, and like, I know that's such like a boomer thing to say. No, it's not. Uh, but I, and I've been playing video games literally my whole life. Like, like probably since I was maybe three or four, I have been playing video games. Started on old Windows computer and, and it lives on to this day. <laughs> and, and I say this with a strong love for video games <laughs> and, and the computer. <laughs> but I think mentally I have made myself very sick by being on the computer for extended periods of time. I think mm-hmm. the internet has turned my brain into mush and I can't say that for everybody. And, and once again, I hate to sound like a boomer, but sunshine is a beautiful thing mm. and mm-hmm. it's not it's not a case of like touch grass it's a case of like getting up and going outside and moving around and being out in nature is really really good for your brain and not being able to do that because your job has you sitting down inside mm-hmm. for 6 days a week mm-hmm. As a young boy who's still growing mentally and physically, yeah. that's got to be bad for you. Yeah, I mean, I I think about that all the time. And as you were just saying, like, I I feel like it's rotted my brain. I, th- I feel like it's actually absolute mush. Like, I can't even speak <laughs> right now while I'm trying to say it. Like, I, as much as I love the computer, I love games. I love, like, the good part of socials. I love esports. Oh, my God. Like, it's brain rot. It's, it's brain rot oh, in yeah. a job. And it's... I definitely have hit my limits with it multiple times and I've had to take like, especially because I live in Melbourne. So we had those really bad stage four lockdowns. Oh yeah. And trying to do, I mean, esports collapsed because we couldn't do anything live, but then also like trying to be a part of that. Oh my, I had to take a long time off. I, I, I quit esports and then it, it kind of took me like therapy, like a lot of therapy to actually remember no 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 this is your passion you do really love this you've just had some goes of it and like you got to come back Mm. to it but I remember there was a nice period before and I'm going to talk about league again go for it before Riot left Australia and and the league kind of struggled when when it was at its peak and it was doing quite well there became this wave of a lot of the teams in Oce like which is Oceania Mm. they were all going to the gym together every night and it be- that cool. became this sort of communal like everyone would share on Twitter and the, all the teams would go together to their local gyms and I just I, I remember when that was happening and I remember feeling just so happy to be seeing that because all the time I would think like man like what a this is fucked. And I remember <laughs> back then I, I dated one of the league boys for a little while and that that even you can't have real relationships. Like you just, you're, you're too busy. Mm. It's, and it was so sad to see just, oh, I would see my friends so rarely. It would be like only on the off season. And even then during the off season, they were like, well, I got to keep playing to make sure I'm good. Like I can't come back and be shit. Yeah. Also like there are so little opportunities 
especially in Australia, we, we can only scrim against other Australian teams unless you go do a boot camp. And even then, then you're only there for a week or a month. Yeah. And so only one team can go overseas. And that, you know, that also goes for CS, that goes for Valorant, that goes for everything. It's so hard for one team in Australia to make it to go overseas. And then we don't even get to perform well because we just don't have the same infrastructure and practice. So these people would be spending their whole life playing this game, playing, 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 playing. And then they would get to finals and they would lose finals or they wouldn't even make it to finals and then it's just like Mm. what have I just done for a year of my life play play this and and I'm in my I'm moving into my mid-20s now and this isn't sustainable it's either a bunch of my friends who were very very early on in league um so this is like the OG Chiefs team who moved into order this is the OG Legacy team a bunch of them have either completely quit or they've moved uh to either LA or Berlin to work in either the American or European scene because there's just no money here. There's money over there, but like, but there's not. People seem to think that esports is this like endless cash money. Like it's like you've hit the lotto and it's like ching, 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 like coming out everywhere. Oh my God, no. Like that is just not even it. Anytime I see how much money mm. esports players win, I'm like, whoa, where does that come from? But then on top of that, I also, I watch a lot of YouTube. I watch a, I watch a metric f- ton of YouTube, Me right? <laughs> and I see a whole bunch of YouTubers who buy these teams and then talk about how much money they're losing. And I'm like, I, part of the original, because you know, I did some edits and originally in the intro, I was going to be like, yeah, apparently esports makes a ton of money. I don't know where it comes from. Though. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a money guy. Yeah. And it's like, where? I, I have no clue. I can't make sense of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually did a video on my grief's channel. It must have been over a year ago now. It's like an hour long, but it's it talks about like why esports and OS is failing. So, you know, if you want to deep dive on that, go watch my video. But a point that I really found out while I was researching that video is that most esports teams and especially like the highest earning ones. So I, I have a Forbes article. It's from 2020, but... I think it's like still valid. I think it's probably still relevant. Oh, 100%. So TSM, Team Solomon, they have a value of $410 million, 2020, probably uh, USD. Their estimated revenue is 45 mil a year. But the the money that they get from esports is only 50% of that number. Yeah, surely it's like sponsorships, right? It's sponsorships. It's getting content creators that they then manage because that's where the money is. Money is in content. Mm. And then it's also like merch and stuff like that. TSM is a team that performs very well generally across a lot of esports. So they usually get prize pools, but prize pools generally should go mostly directly to the players themselves. And the org shouldn't take a large percentage of a prize pool. Some orgs do, some orgs are- like that and they like will sneakily put it into your contract of like yeah we get this much percentage of your winnings there's also been a big bubble right so there was a lot of money being injected into the scene we had a lot of sponsors esports was bringing in also a lot of like non-endemic sponsors but now especially post-covid because with so many industries getting screwed over by COVID and having to stop production and everything, esports just like, it's just not making money Mm. and people don't understand the market. People still think it's this like, yeah, there's money everywhere, but it's just not. And unless you know how to build your organization, your company in a way that you also have content creation, merch, 
um, and you're, like you're signing content creators, you just, you're just not going to make money. And we're seeing that right now in Australia with multiple of our biggest, most successful orgs going tits up, one of them just being bought by another. And we have like one good org left, maybe two. Mm. Yeah, it's f***ed up. <laughs> it's, it's sad. It's really sad because it's a lot of young, young boys who are just committing their lives. No, you're, you're so right. And it's interesting to see how Australia's esports industry compares to the world. Because, I, yeah, I know maybe of two companies in, in Australia for esports, but then, and that being said, I don't know a lot of esports. But uh, when I went to IEM, I was like, oh, I know FaZe Clan. I yeah. know FaZe Clan because Phase I up. am online. Yeah. Well, FaZe did a really good job in the early days of esports of really knowing their brand. I think that is such an important thing for esports and esports players themselves. I mean, I would love to talk about something soon about things that I think esports players need to be taught in regards to being able to sell yourself and get sponsors mm. and everything. But um, yeah, FaZe did such a good job at just being like, all right, this is who we are. This is our brand. We're kind of outrageous. We're also like famous people. Like we've had basketball players get involved and people like that. And we have the phase up symbol, which is like the F that you can do with your finger and uh, with your hand. Yeah, phase up. <laughs> you can't yeah, see us on up. camera, but we're phasing up <laughs> yeah, right now. Uh, uh, for all those who can't see us, which is literally everybody, everyone, we're phasing up right now. <laughs> <laughs> we are so phased up right now. We are phasing it. up right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, FaZe did such a good job at yeah. So even if you're not in esports, like you know who FaZe is. It goes for like there's there's a few esports players as well, like in League of Legends again, like Faker. Faker is just this huge name that for a lot of people has become household, even though they didn't even, don't even know what esports is. And that's that's also in CS. You got the people like Carrigan, mm. yeah, who, who's on phase. We we talked a bit about the issues with early management of mm. esports players, and as well we. We've just talked about FaZe who, you know, Counter-Strike, awesome. They were awesome. Mm -hmm. I loved watching them. But FaZe Clan are also, you know, known for their controversies as well. And yep. do you think that kind of the controversies that follow some of the bigger orgs mm. can create problems for kind of how people outside of esports see esports? A hundred percent. I mean, it, it is, it, it's it's like a boys club a lot of the time, yeah. especially in those earlier days. I mean, as I said before, it, for a lot of people, it was um, just these guys with a bit of money uh, starting an esports team. Some of them had better direction and they blew up and they did better. It's also an unregulated industry. It's it's just people starting companies and then getting to a point and thinking, well, we can hire someone to do this. We got a team doing this. Now we're doing this. So it was just, and, and it was a young person industry as well, right? And it, especially for like our generation, it was people moving into their twenties who were the people that were playing games growing up, um, which was like less common, right? It just, yeah, it was these boys clubs. It was unregulated. It was these people that, especially in the early days were suddenly making a ton of money as people were just throwing money at esports because they thought it was gonna be something without actually putting in the time and effort to like understand and research mm. the market of it. So yeah, it was these, people who got a lot of money and then started mistreating people that work for them because they genuinely didn't know how to treat people. I think another aspect of this, which is something I feel like I've talked about a lot over the years, is that I think it's the syndrome of, and I'm using air quotes as I say syndrome, of a lot of these esports people were maybe not that popular in high school. 
And then all of a sudden, <laughs> I see you laughing. Sorry, but, but like, sorry, I, you know, sorry. No, no, no. But you're I, right. I agree. Like, I you're agree. Right. The thing is, it's 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 the humble gamer who suddenly and like it's not who suddenly not has everybody money who gets and fame. Sports, but like, yeah, they don't know how to deal with it, which exactly. is fair enough. That's it. I, I see it a lot, and I've seen it. I've experienced it myself of people who I've had manage me and the way that they've treated me is that it is so clear that like, okay, like you weren't that popular in high school. You probably got teased for the fact that you like games. Now you're working in the games industry, you're making money and it's gone to your head and you're they're like trying to like relive high school days and being, well, well look, like now I am cool and I have money and I'm getting attention because, you know, my org that I've created is famous and now I am getting that attention from young women or, you know, people being a fan of me. And it's these people with unregulated emotions because they didn't know how to deal with things properly. So they hit on their computers found a career out of it and then don't know how to treat people. And obviously like misogyny is such a rampant aspect in the whole entire games industry. So Ooh, yeah. it's just a recipe for disaster. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Absolutely. And you mentioned before that you think that there's a bunch of stuff that mm. we should kind of be teaching people who are currently in esports. And I don't know if it was actually you I was having the conversation with or if it was someone else, but we were talking about how things have changed immensely, especially the services that are being given to esports players to for for their betterment. So they're not, you know, having six day weeks where they're just sitting in a dark room. As somebody who is in the industry, if you can, would you be able to maybe talk a bit about the changes that have happened for the betterment of the workers in the industry? Yeah, I mean, for the workers, so people like me who aren't the pro players, but are working either as social media managers, uh, salespeople, um, team managers. I mean, there's just even like going into like HR for like the big companies. I think it has gotten better purely just because like time has passed and more people, but also more women have kind of brute force their way into the industry and are performing really well. And then you see companies like we saw the big outcome from all the Riot Games stuff. We all, we saw all the stuff from Activision Blizzard. So we're in an era of like, well, people are going to speak up if they keep getting treated badly. And I think that's been something that's reflected quite obviously, especially in the last, last couple of years, because Esports is such an, it's an online industry. And obviously that's where all the discourse is, is on, online, right? And I mean, I've done this. If, if you get treated badly, you can go and tweet about it, you know? And I made a twit longer. 
about some bad treatment that I had at a company. And, you know, I don't know how I feel about the fact that I did that. I, I mean, I'm happy I told people. I think if I never said anything, people would have never known, right? But yeah. But then that also uh, paints an image of you in the industry. Like, oh, you're the, you're the girl who complained about like this thing and you were upset about this and brother yeah I mean it's just it's the same old cliches playing again but it has gotten better and I mean I think it's at a point now where a lot of those initial shitty people that were only at the top because they got there first a lot of them have left so it's the people like me and people like Josh as well and other people in the industry who have fought their way to get higher up and are good people and now get to actually like make good changes um because we went no all you people like you misogynists you people taking advantage of young boys who've who've never signed a contract before and just want to work in what they're passionate about like it's it's been an exodus not to say that it's completely clean i mean i still know there are some people working in australian esports who i think are horrible people (laughs) but you know that's every industry on that as you've mentioned as i kind of mentioned is like you had like first-hand experience Mm. in uh, mistreatment in the esports industry and you're not the only one but you are one who is quite vocal about it mm. and you have been you know you're 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 still here you're still kicking mm-hmm. and things as you said have changed but not fully what do you think has changed has gotten better but what else do you think needs to be done for things to get better well i think for one the industry itself needs to recover it the industry is so lacking i mean again i go really deep into the deep into this in that video that I made, but there were so many times where people would come into the market, people from outside, either the Australian market or the esports market in general, they would inject a ton of money in a very short amount of time and not like temper what they expect the results to be. They thought things would just boom and not realize that things take time. You have to build trust. Um, You have to like listen when the players are telling you this format doesn't work and you can't just put your hands over your ears and go, la, 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 I know better. I want esports to be sports (laughs) or I want esports to be what I want it to be. Like you have to listen to the community. And because of we had so many people, not people, uh, companies, entities come in, inject a lot of money, then suddenly pull out and leave and really fuck over not only the industry itself, but the reputation of the industry. So many headlines after order closed of like they went into administration yeah. after spending like millions of dollars, right? And that is terrifying. That's a terrifying head- headline to read, but it's not that simple. And so many people took that for face value and so many non-endemic entities will read that and be scared of our industry. But that it's it's way more complex than that. And we need people, we need someone to inject money and time and care into the industry and and temper their expectations and realize that you might not get a turnaround for three plus years, but you're there and you make like a pact with the scene to say like, we're going to stay here because all we've seen for the past five years is just the trickling of more and more entities pulling out. I mean, a big organization, it's which is a betting company, but rivalry, Mm. they had an Australian wing and they were some of the only people in the last two years who was like happily giving money to people in the scene to run small lands to, they gave me money to make some esports related content, Um, you know, like helping push small creators, but that just wasn't deemed viable anymore by their upper, upper management. And they've pulled out of Australia now and, and everyone lost their jobs 
And that's just happening mm. again and again. I mean, I just saw something on Twitter the other day that Power is cutting a big part of their esports wing, which is shocking because yeah. that's Power started as esports. It, it's a Australian content creator, Lachlan, who started a esports company because he had a passion in esports and was able to use his fame and money he'd gotten from his successful YouTube career and invest it into esports but clearly it's not doing well because mm. they've had to close part of it now and i think they're going full-time content creation yeah it's sad because clearly like someone like lachlan really really passionate about this but it's clearly not working it's clearly just not working and it's not sustainable and they can't afford to pay people and yeah we, we need time we need money injections we need people who actually care and will stick around and also will put the right people in charge you, like it's either the people with money come in and go I'm making every decision or they go oh I'm going to put my friend in charge who like actually doesn't know much and then of course the company goes tits up <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah exactly it's bad but I think it's coming back 100% in a way. I think so too I mean you were at um, IEM and wasn't that it incredible was. it was huge yeah I mean that was the first CS2 LAN ever and it was in Australia which is already cool but I mean one thing I love about CS and I and I really do think CS could be a good savior for esports. I mean, we have a really good CS team in Australia um, under Greyhound, previously Rene Renegades. They, um, they're brilliant and they get into everything overseas. Unfortunately, they never make it too far just because of the difficulty of, you know, suddenly going overseas and versing people at these different levels. But CS is such a good game because anyone can watch it. Like you sit down, you could bring your mom and dad and you could say like, Oh yeah, you wouldn't even need to say anything, and they would get it. Oh, they got shot and yeah. they got shot and died. Boom, done. And now I can see that there's four left on the team. Oh, they're planning yeah. the bomb. Okay, like that makes sense to me. Whereas like someone yeah. sits down and watch League of Legends or any MOBA, Dota, or even mm. Valorant, which is a, technically a shooter, but there's so many skills in it. They would just sit down and go, "What is this? Like this? The learning gap is too high." Yeah. But CS is just so the skill ceiling is so high for the players itself, but the understanding of it, like anyone can sit down and enjoy CS. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm banking on CS, especially with the release of CS2. I'm really hoping that that helps so much with esports in Australia. Yeah. And for those unaware, mm -hmm. CS stands for Counter Strike. Counter Strike. <laughs> yes. I feel like everybody knows what Counter Strike is because mm. everybody played it during the theory lessons of woodwork in high school. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, uh, some people may not, which is why I gotta say CS stands for Counter Strike. Counter Strike. Now, speaking of IEM and mm. how great it was to draw such huge crowds, we've been mm -hmm. talking about the culture within the esports industry. Uh, so it makes, I feel like it makes sense to also talk about the culture around it and mm -hmm. not the people who work in esports, but the people who watch it, the people who consume it, the people who love it. What do you think about it? And do you think it's become easier or harder for people to get into esports? I definitely think it's become easier over time just because it's become more and more mainstream and there's so many avenues for you to watch it and tune in and there's so many uh, YouTubers creating content where like, oh, I don't really understand what the meta is right now because I haven't played the game in five years. Let me watch like a quick like five minute, let's get you up to date on what's been happening in <laughs> CS Esports. Like there's so much of that. So I think it's so much easier to get into these days. Um, in yeah. regards to the esports fans i mean a lot of it generally is like uh men in their 20s it, and it goes up 
to their thirties, forties, and obviously there's you know there's always anomalies as teenagers Whoa. watching. It's so diverse. Very right. <laughs> I mean, there's actually been. I wish I I wish I had the numbers exactly in front of me, but there's it the the number of women who are consuming esports is going up and up each year. Like the, the percentage is becoming very. Oh equal. yeah. Well, the thing is, uh, and sorry to interrupt. No, you, please. But the. I think the funniest thing, it's a great thing, but it's also funny to me, is with with video games in general, but, you know, also with esports, uh, you see so many studies and so much research and so many articles coming out that are like, you know, the, the rate of women getting into this is going up. More mm-hmm. women are watching esports now than ever. And I'm like, yes, because, you know, when you start so low, <laughs> yeah. it's – it's gonna be obvious when things start to go up and yeah. women are getting into everything more lately because mm-hmm. they're not being shunned out of it as much as they yes. used to. And even so, if they are, they can be like, Well, there's so many communities that I can join now. Whereas oh, it used yeah. to just kind of be like you against the world. Hello, I'm the one woman here. And yeah. that would be interesting. But now it's like you walk into a room and there's there's groups of women around, right? There's so many. Well, that's the thing. I join. think women feel more. Uh, women are starting to feel more comfortable in these mm-hmm. communities. Just going like, oh, you have a problem with me being here? Have you ever considered uh, going and fucking yourself? Yeah. <laughs> like, have you ever considered like, shut like, the fuck up? Yeah. Like it's it's because when someone does have a problem with, I don't know, a woman being in the esports world i feel like now at least from what i've seen it's become less like everybody dogging on the lady and more so like a handful of people going like oh what do you know and then everybody else going like is there something do you have lead poisoning like are you right what is going on i have (laughs) to say like i know so many good men in esports right oh yeah you know, they weren't always around, but now it is like if someone's even saying like, especially if you're in the community or like even on the peripheral of in the Australian esports community, if you say one thing, man, like everyone knows it's getting linked in every discord chat. It's getting linked, you know, in Twitter messages and everyone's replying to you and saying like, <laughs> pull your f-ing head in. Like this isn't, yeah. nah, brother. They like we don't act this way. your ass in the quote tweets. Exactly. <laughs> Plus how can you keep being so like women aren't into this when you have people like Shocks who has been at the top of her industry for a decade now? Like people like Frankie, people like Law, like we have so many women who are just like the faces of these esports tournaments and it's like how can you say that like yeah women aren't welcome when like you're sitting you're watching an eight-hour stream that shocks is hosting the whole time like yeah like okay and it's also just like who gives a shit yeah like like, why do you it's like oh you know like they don't really like it's like okay how one how do you know Mm. that and two i and look i say this with love and care with peace and love with so much peace and love (laughs) right now but like any person who genuinely thinks that a woman is lying about being into esports oh so they can like get in with somebody, it's like there are more interesting interests <laughs> that you can pretend to have to get with somebody. Like Absolutely. like women, women, women do not need to pretend to be into shit. Mm-hmm. It's frankly such a oh, such yeah. a dumb take. Like it's one of the most like recurring things in my life. Just because for whatever reason I have become a person who likes male dominated dominated 
interests. I, I had an older brother oh, yeah. and my dad was very active in my life when I was young and like introducing me to things. So like, yeah, gaming, wrestling, which is a thing me and you share a love of, um, Ooh, like yeah. heavy music, things like that, I, that I have grown up adoring since I, since I was 12 and being told like, you're faking it. You're not welcome here. Like I remember, this is a little bit of an anecdote, but it ties into all of it. Um, Tool is my favorite band and they have been for over a decade. Um, I went to one of their concerts a couple years ago and I was walking through the crowd trying to find a spot. And I, I stopped for a second with my, with my girlfriend and we looked at our phones just to you know, we just stopped to gather our gather oh, ourselves, right? Women on their phones. Uh, this, women be on their dude, phones. The most cliche looking tool fan I've ever seen. And I and I use that derogatorily. And I, <laughs> as my favorite band, I hate tool fans. He was like, You two fake fans, get the fuck out of here. And like him and his group of friends like looked at me and my friend and like laughed. And I just was like, I probably know more of the songs here than you do. Like you. I mean, oh I didn't say anything. I just walked God. away. But I was pissed for the start of the concert. I was like, why does this happen in every interest I'm in? Like, I'm not, I wasn't standing there like, oh, tools on, let's take photos. Like, and even if I was, who the f cares? But I just, yeah. and I've had that in esports. Not anymore. Really not anymore. Especially, I think, like, people know me as well. But oh my yeah. God. Yeah. So often in the early days, what are you doing here? You just want attention. For what? Yeah. Like, yeah, from who? I think that's what. <laughs> From who? Like, literally. It's like, I think that's such a funny thing because, mm. like, it's just like, oh, you know, you're just here for attention. You're mm. just here to look cool. And it's like, I am in the, the most uncool. I do not look cool. <laughs> yeah. I look like a loser. I'm well aware of it and yeah. proud. Like, it's, right? It's, it's such a. But a then funny, half funny the dudes, thing. I can't tell you, especially in the early days of esports, how many dudes tried it on with me like in the in the industry mm. or just people at events because they would just be like oh, girl girl who likes games girl like let's all try and that was also a very frustrating thing to be told in one breath you're this isn't you're not valid here and then in the other breath feel not like a real human being in, yeah. a, in a place like that so that bizarre. has been such a very frustrating thing in, in my whole career and a mind and something i've had to you know go to a therapy for just to be like yeah i'm a real human being and i care about this thing and i don't want to be hit on and i don't want to be told i don't care and i just i'm just trying to exist like that's yeah and that's what all the women are just trying to do we're just we're just trying to exist and and enjoy things that we enjoy mm -hmm. and it shouldn't shouldn't be a problem agreed i think you as well you know in your time of kind of like been able to delve into the different game communities mm. as well with esports so what in your opinion is the esports game with the best community <gasps> vibes smash smash brothers doesn't oh, surprise me <laughs> i don't think i've met a bad smash player look I, you know there's bad eggs everywhere there whatever. are some bad ones the, yeah, yeah and but, the, yeah you know, especially the online gremlins. But oh my God, let me yeah. tell you, as the Australian Smash community, but the Melbourne Smash community especially, some of the nicest group of people I have ever met. And it is majority boys, but then when it, when a new girl comes along, oh my God, they are so inviting. They were so inviting to me. They have a lot of trans people in their community and they're treated just so equally and with so much respect. And if anyone said something bad, like, you know, even, they would do it in a joking way, but all of them would be like, hey, like, 
pull your fucking head in. Like, nah, there's, there's none of that around here. Like, we don't we don't speak like that. I, I could sing the praises of the Smash Melbourne, but also all of Smash community. And, you know, I've, I've met a few of the people from America as well who are some of the leading people in Smash. I got to interview on Griefed uh, Aiden, who's a part of the Yard podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah. he does a lot for Smash. Yeah, and him and his friends were just the loveliest people. And yeah, oh my God, Smash. Yeah. How about the worst? <laughs> Ooh, old CS or like cod was yeah. pretty bad and that you know i think that's just the cliche of those kind of games and especially back then it was very like yeah, yeah it was the it's better now boys playing, then yeah dropping slurs in the loading screens and stuff but yeah they're the ones not so much anymore i think cs is a better it's like with every new generation right like when i was in my teens yeah there was a lot of toxicity and then I've watched all these people grow out of it and all the super toxic people have left or, or been kicked out. But I'm watching this also mm. like new generation of these, like as this group of like teenage boys or like young 20 year olds, there's like four or five of them who just have these troll accounts and they just go for so many people in the industry. And it's it's the most obvious trolling. Like when I see it and the shit they reply to me, like talking about my teeth not being straight, just, just little things that like, I'm like, baby darling, I've been on the internet since I was 10. You're doing the same trolling tactics that like everyone has ever done. And like, it's kind of embarrassing that you're still doing this. Like you're on your discord group with your friends being like, oh, quick reply to her twinkle or a slut. Like, oh, that's so it's old. Like boring. It's, bo- it's boring. It's boring. It's genuinely boring. It's so boring. And like, I hate to be a cliche. Please. But there are just so many other more beautiful and enriching things mm. that you can be doing with your life. Like Agreed. genuinely get into fucking knitting. Yeah. Like get into like yes. get a hobby that is awesome and makes you feel good and and bring something new into the world. Cause like being a little silly guy online is one thing, but being an actual fucking horrible menace, it does nothing. It's not yeah. creating anything new. It's mm-hmm. not enriching the world. Like it's not making life worth living. It's, it's sad and it's lame. Go in peace, brother. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> I think as well, and sorry to interrupt. No, no, please. The thing is, is that like no one who is genuinely happy with themselves trolls people online and like I don't mean trolling like being annoying like it, like degrading people and being a piece of shit and targeting someone no one who is genuinely happy with themselves confident in themselves happy in their life what they're doing does that I don't sure. do that right happy people do not so when people do that shit to me and I read the abhorrent stuff they've written all I I, I pity them because I'm like oh yeah oh man you must you must hate yourself if you're replying to my selfie pointing out my teeth like you must hate yourself like at least i'm out here working like making money in this industry that you clearly want to be a part of i and i'm i'm slipping you know (laughs) well that's the thing it's like it's very sad to see like it makes me sad because it's just like i wish you did better things with your life genuinely that made you happier like this is not conducive to anything and i wish you all the best and i hope you do better things for yourself Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know trying Mm -hmm. to think about in the best way possible yeah we've run out of time but Mm -hmm. we will be talking more in the bonus app so before we go do you want to plug yourself a bit talk about grief oh you know how much i love to plug myself <laughs> yes hello my name is Loz lauren you can find me on socials at Loz copy l-o-z-c-o-p-y i make youtube videos about fun stuff i also have a company called griefed which you can find at griefed good i try to mix esports and content creation together because as i've said in this episode esports sometimes has a bit of a 
learning difficulty to get in. There's like a ceiling, there's things you need to learn. So I like to mix the competitiveness of esports and esports players with the fun of content creation and making them do silly stuff. So griefed is kind of an amalgamation of that for me. What else? Yeah, I don't know. Look at my YouTube videos. Yeah, I make fun stuff. I talk about gaming. I talk about um, esports. I do esports hosting. So if you want someone to host something esportsy for you, I'm your girl. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. that's me. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat on the of pod course. today. Thank you for inviting me. I've had so much fun. And a big thank you to you for listening. If you're liking what you're hearing and you'd like to hear more, consider supporting Back Pocket over on Patreon. If you support us at the silver tier and above, you can get access to our bonus episodes. In this week's bonus episode, Loz and I have an extended chat, a little bit more about esports, a bit more about content creation, and just how we met as teenagers. But I'm a fucking mess. Like, I'm just a mess. But I did almost sh- myself at a <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So like it's uh, we're not all perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and hey, if you really like what you're hearing, why not give us a five star rating on whatever podcast platform you're using? Better yet, why not give us a nice little review? I might just read it on the show. You can also find us on Twitch where we've got our main live show every Thursday from 7 p.m. And on TikTok where we're constantly posting very good stuff for you to cast your big beautiful eyes on. And then there's the socials, all our Twitter and threads and whatnot, which you're also welcome to get around. Once again, thanks so much for tuning in. And as uh, Overwatch Tracer or something would say, bye. Bye.